Welcome everyone to today's Scaling with People podcast. Question for you. Did you know the average small businesses selling to the government received $2.35 million in contracts? If that doesn't blow your mind, I don't know what will. I'm super excited to have Ricky Howard on the call today. He's a retired USAF acquisition officer who's going to tell us a little bit more. Ricky, nice to meet you. It's nice to meet you too. Thanks for having me on today. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about your background and let's dive into how our listeners can start looking into uh, working with the government. Oh, yeah. No, I, I could geek out about this for uh, probably <laughs> longer than this podcast uh, wants to be on. But yeah, no, my name's Ricky Howard, as you said, and I spent 20 years in the Air Force. Uh, about half of that was flying, uh, reconnaissance aircraft. But as a lot of us do, eventually I switched into more of a staff position. And for me, the rest of my career was as an acquisitions officer. So it was my job to put companies on contract for the government and then manage those companies. And we're not just talking about weapons. We're talking about everything from, you know, accounting services, uh, civil engineering, you know, uh, software, a lot of the things that maybe your audience actually sells, the government's using. And uh, they're the single biggest purchaser of goods and services in the world. And as you pointed out at the beginning, you know, the average small business that sells to the government uh, makes over $2 million on average if we average them all together. Um, it's very lucrative and the government has to buy from small businesses. Not only that, and this is probably why I do what I do now, less than half of 1% of small businesses in the country are actually selling to the government or even know that the government buys what they sell. And so when I retired in 2019, I started a, a business. We have DOD Contract Academy. And so we help small businesses sell products and services, technology to the US government. We've advised over 400 companies. And we also, and I told you at the beginning here, we just launched a new tool called the GovClose. And at GovClose, this is uh, the first CRM and pipeline tool that has been specifically designed to kind of marry training and a pipelining system for a company. So it really simple, walks them step-by-step step through the process. So yeah, no, we're really excited. And uh, yeah, I'd love to get into it and answer any questions you have. I love that. But I'm going to go back to what you said earlier. Uh, you said the government has to. Yeah, work sure with do. Small business. What is that about? So the government, first, the government does not buy things the way that you know me and you would buy something. <laughs> they can't go down. If I want to buy a car, you want to buy a car. I can go to my buddy's dealership and buy one. But basically, the government's been regulating this since the birth of the country. So there are some very specific ways that the government goes about uh, how they're going to make a purchase, right? And most of that regulation exists to prevent corruption, right? It, to prevent corruption from the government, so prevent a general from handing his buddy a $200 million contract, also to prevent contractors from uh, you know, not performing the, ser uh, the services that they're supposed to or delivering the goods that they agreed to deliver to the government. But part of that, part of that regulation is that the, we have uh, basically uh, standards that we have to meet on the government side meaning a certain percentage of their contracting has to go to small businesses. And it, roughly it's 23%. It's a little bit different for each agency. But so if you figure that the government is the single biggest purchaser of goods and services in the world, and 23% of what they're buying has to be from small businesses, and they buy everything that you could think of, now you have a huge opportunity that only a very small percentage of companies are taking advantage of. So that's that's what I meant by that. There there are quotas essentially that the government has to hit with small business uh, contracts, and um, you know we we could 
dive deep on that. There's other quotas for like women-owned small businesses and uh, service-disabled veteran-owned small businesses, and there's other categories. Yeah, that makes sense. I appreciate that clarification. So I guess like, you know, being a small business owner myself, I kind of go, well, how do I figure out if I can sell my services, my tools, my software, my product? What's the process that a, a startup founder should be looking for to figure this out. Yeah, well, I mean, let's let's take your business, right? Because you're in uh, human resources, right? HR, yeah. Yeah. and and that covers a lot of different things, right? The management of personnel. There's also software tools used for HR, and there's probably a hundred things that I don't know about because that's, that's <laughs> recruiting people. Uh, yeah, recruiting <laughs> people exactly. And you know what? The government recruits people. The military yeah. recruits people. Every uh, you know, every organization has people that are doing HR work, and we also have software and technology that does. And I've been involved with some of those purchases on uh, the commercial side, actually, because I've also sold software to the government. So um, not quite the question you asked. You asked how I would find out about this. So if I had an HR business, um, there's a couple of things that I would want to know. And this is what I tell my clients. Before you attempt to sell to the government, first, let's see if the government buys what you sell. The good way to do that for free is to go to a website called usaspending.gov. And that's basically the the website that provides uh, the US citizens with an overview of government spending. So if I go to usaspending.gov, there's a few ways that I could check for human resources, right? There, I could type in the keyword and it also allows you to uh, check by year. So I usually go back about five years because you know if you're checking... Yeah, if you look at what the government was buying in 2005, it's not the same as what they're buying. <laughs> yeah. So go back about five years and uh, you could also look for, there's something called a North American Industry Classification Code, NAICS. Okay. There's a drop down menu for that and for also product service codes. You, for instance, could try typing in human resources. Um, you know, there are other keywords I'm sure associated with your profession. So there may be a NAICS code, a product service code associated specifically for HR. Um, but if there isn't, you can check by keyword and get a, a snapshot of what the government is spending. And if I had to guess with human resources, we would probably be talking about, if not hundreds of millions of dollars a year, we'd probably be looking at billions of dollars over the past uh, few years. So, um, And that would cover everything from actual services to technology, software tools that uh, manage HR, like I was talking about. Um, and uh, you know, if you started digging into some of those contracts, you could see, and this is what's great about it, I could see exactly how what percentage of those contracts are with small businesses. If I had a woman-owned small business, well, which ones were with women-owned small businesses? Which agencies are purchasing from companies like mine? You can get very granular. You could see what's in the contracts to a certain extent. Is it services? Is it technology? And uh, you could see you know, how that matches up with what you're selling. I love that that is such a great tool. I'm definitely going to check that out for sure. Yeah. No, you'd. Uh, I think the government would be a uh, would be a little gold mine for you. <laughs> well, and probably for every listener that has a small business. I mean, again, yeah. we're talking about twenty one. I mean, this is a two year old stats almost, right? We're almost at the end of twenty three, and two point three five million for a small business owner is nothing to sneeze on. That's for sure. And yeah, I would say that you know most of the businesses I work with end up doing better than that. Uh, that's an average, right? So if yeah. we just as we can see how many small businesses and the total amount of spending. And the reason you have a 2021 stat is that one thing the government likes to do is take their time, right? So all of the reporting does take time. So it's right now we're in fiscal year 24 because uh, the government fiscal year starts in October. So, um, and we're probably just getting 
a clear vision of what was actually done in 22. <laughs> and we probably won't know about FY23's numbers for, you know, six months we'll have an idea, but, you know, those numbers seem to change, uh, you know, as time goes on. So, yeah, that makes sense. Appreciate that. So, mm-hmm. how does uh, a founder start to leverage these kinds of contracts? Like, what what is the next step? Okay, I, I go on the website, I see, oh my gosh, like they're using services like mine, software tools that I'm selling, product that I'm selling. Now it's time for me to go out and figure out like how do I get a piece of this pie? Mm-hmm. What's what's that? What does that process look like? Yeah, so it's a great question. The first thing after you have confirmed that the government does indeed buy the type of thing that you're selling or service, whatever it is, now you need to register your business to sell to the government. And for that, you would go to a website called sam.gov. It's another government website. <laughs> and there's a process there. Yeah. And it's not the best, it's not the most friendly website, <laughs> but it is not, you don't need somebody to help you register to the government. You really, it'll tell you right on there. There's a button that says, this is where you click to register. And it will tell you the things that you need when you begin the process, like your, you know, your tax identification number for your business. And there's some other things. And then it'll take a couple of weeks probably for that to go through, but um, it will. And then you'll be officially registered to sell to the government. So that's step number one is register your business. Um, now, the steps that come after that are not as intuitive, right, as uh, maybe yeah. registering. And that's because of, of how the process works. So if I had to give one piece of advice that I would want your listeners to take away is that when you go to sam.gov, a lot of businesses make the mistake of uh, they you because you can look. That's where the government will put out things like requests for proposals, requests for quotes. Those are official government solicitations, and probably the biggest mistake I see is companies register. They see those solicitations, and just like in the movie War Dogs, they start writing proposals and expecting to win, and then they don't win, and they don't win, and they see their competitors winning. And they see some of those solicitations, you know, now that they've been doing it a few times, they look like they were written for their competitors and now they think it's rigged and, you know, then uh, they throw their hands up in the air and, and walk away. The problem with that method is in government acquisitions, when the solicitation comes out, that's when the handcuffs are on the government offices. Everything's set. The funding is set. The requirements are set. The government is not going to talk to you or give you any special treatment or even if they answer a question for you, it's probably going to be in a publicly uh, uh, disclosed document that everybody can read, usually through sam.gov. But the reason is they do not want to be seen as giving any special preference for a company because there's a lot of things that can happen after that if they do. But before that solicitation comes out, there's something called the market research phase. And that's where the government, I mean, the government has to be able to talk to businesses and people like you, right? So if I just put my my Air Force program manager hat on for a second, right? So if I was in charge of modernizing the Air Force uh, human resources technical solution, right? There's no way that I would know as the government program manager or contracting officer what <laughs> the best practices were, what the technology is. I was flying planes before I did that, right? So I had no idea. Uh, so what that market research phase allows me to do is I can put things out, call the sources, saw it. I can reach out to you directly. This is an opportunity for you as a business owner, and this is what the savvy business owners do, is they find the offices that buy what they sell in the market research phase, and they create those conversations. They give demonstrations. They respond to sources. So there's a lot you could do to influence. There's a lot you could do to create a relationship, much like you would in a regular sales process. But of course, we're finding that through opportunity and funding. Um, so it's just a little bit different the way we go about it. But 
that's how companies are winning contracts. And that's really where your listeners want to be. Yeah, that makes sense. So uh, what are the steps like in regards to when you're got that RFP going, kind of like you maybe maybe you've been able to do the market research, connect with someone, built that relationship, and now it's in RFP mode. Kind of what's high level? We won't get into nitty gritty because I know there's a lot, but like just kind of some of the things for some a newbie to kind of expect that process to look like. Yeah. So, and that's, it's just that question. It's the reason we built GovClose because we <laughs> needed like, you know, if you, you probably use a CRM tool with your business, right? Like yeah, know, Salesforce or HubSpot or something. And you, you know, the steps in there, you put an opportunity and it's a lead. And then maybe the next one is, I don't know, it's a lead with more significant value, or you've had a conversation and then you're negotiating close and then it's close. And then, but there are so many of those steps, like you're talking about that, that are not intuitive, that are not part of a traditional sales process that, um, we created each of the pipelines based on what your business does, right? So let's say, let's take source of side, because this is what I always recommend people to uh, to take. So if you went in there and you clicked on the source of side pipeline, you'd start with how to find a source of side and has training to kind of help them do that. Um, then you go through a go, no go, which is also probably similar to a normal sales uh, process, right? Do it, does my company really want to go after this? But then there are things in there like um, calling the a uh, point of contact for the government. And these are the questions you want to ask. You want to know if the government is funded for this opportunity. You want to know what their timeline is for contracting. Um, you want to know what their use cases are because the the information that is included in the government solicitations or the sources sought is not going to be all the information, right? So it's a lot of work to put those together. You're going to get a little piece of it. But if you have a conversation with someone, you're going to have a lot more information. So it walks you through a lot of steps like that where we're in then, of course, assembling that. How What can we put in there? What can't we put in there? You know, Because that's going to be different than what you put in an official government proposal. Um, but so these are some just examples of steps. We're setting up meetings. We are submitting things like sources sought. Um, we're monitoring for the solicitation release. We're writing a proposal that is that makes sense. We're using a compliance matrix to make sure that we're not ad-libbing because that's something where you can't, it's not an, It's not uh, something you can basically approach subjectively if you're writing a proposal for the government. That is very strict and you want to adhere to their standards or you're, it may be eliminated. So, um, And then of course, how, following up and things like that afterwards in, in how you actually get awarded, there are some specific steps to that. So um, those are the type of things that you might be looking at um, in that type of pipeline, which are going to be different than say, if you were a subcontractor, right? There's a different way to approach it that way because you might be approaching other companies as well and finding opportunities. So it, it's a mixture. It just really depends on your business and how you're going to approach. Yeah, that's such a great call out between prime and subcontractor relationship yeah. with the government. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. So what do you see? I know that you know you shared that website. You can check to see if your services or products are being used. But what do you see as being the most common products and services that the government's spending money on? Well, that's, you know, it, it's tough to say because it, it changes by agency, right? Oh, so sure. that makes sense. It, yeah. So, I mean, if we were looking at some, an agency like uh, the VA, the Veterans Affairs uh, Agency, you know, they spend a lot of money on construction and on hospital supplies and medicine and things of like, because they're taking care of a lot of veterans, right? So yeah, um, there are a lot of services like that and a lot of products that are purchased versus uh, something like the Air Force. I can tell you uh, software, technology, IT, cyber, those are huge spends. But 
you know, it, it's not all tech like that. They, they spell, there's a lot of money spent across the different agencies on things like accounting services and legal services and human, uh, human relations, <laughs> HR services. Uh, you know, there's a lot of commodities that they have to buy, everything that goes into a grocery store, right? It's, there are, well, a good way to think about it is, especially with the Department of Defense, which accounts for about half of that small business spending, Every base is basically a small town or city, depending on the mm -hmm. footprint of the base, and it has all the things that your town or city probably has. They have hospitals, they have a police department, a fire department, supermarkets, they have office buildings with a lot of civilians and government people working in. Um, you know, they have gas stations, so and restaurants. So they have all of this stuff, and you so you could think of think of it that way. Like there's so many different industries that uh, the government is purchasing from. That it's it's really tough to say you know what is the what is the number one uh, thing because for you they might not even need to spend that much of it you might find a niche where the government's spending fifty million dollars a year but if it's a very narrow niche and there's only a couple of companies providing uh, goods or services in that area then that's probably all you need yeah yeah that's so true so what do you see are the most uh, the common challenges that a small business is face as they start to come down, you know, start to go down this path and, and is, are those challenges less so as they start to get awarded a contract, their second contract? Yeah. No, that's a, that's a good question. So I think the first is just understanding the process. So you want to get a, a good understanding of what you need to do. Um, and you don't have to go out and spend a bunch of money for that. You can like, you know, we have a car, DOD Contract Academy podcast you can listen to. It's free. And we walk through most of the steps that you need to know to sell to the government in that podcast. And we also interview small businesses that are actually out there winning big contracts. So you can get some information that way. Uh, there are some other great repositories online. Um, outside of just learning the process, I would say that um, be prepared for the long haul, right? So selling to the government can be extremely lucrative, but it's not fast. Okay, so you need to be prepared for a 12 to 18 month timeline of trying to sell to the government. And that might just mean identifying one opportunity and walking it through the steps you need to with a government office, developing that relationship and waiting for the funding to drop. You know, you might get to the point where the government wants to hire you, but they need to wait four months before they get this year's funding so they can put you on contract. So just be prepared for that type of timeline. And if you have that in mind and you know that, you know, I don't have to be working eight hours a day for a year to go on contract. It might just be, you know, a couple of emails on Monday and, you know, following up on Wednesday and doing something else on a couple of different opportunities. But eventually you're going to get there. Um, the next thing that I would say is, you know, and I think it answers your next question is, what do you do? Uh, you know, does it get easier, right? When you're already on contract? And the answer is definitely yes. You know, once you're on contract, once you win those first contracts, there's no better way to sell to the government than to just work closely with your contact there. Hey, you know, is is my software tool working for you guys? Or are the guys that, you know, are working in your office, are they doing what they're supposed to? Yeah, yeah, of course. Can you expand on what you're doing? Because if they like what you're doing, they're probably going to want more of it. And they can also recommend you to other offices. You know, acquisitions officers, they hang out with other acquisitions officers. So like <laughs> that's the you're getting now you're getting warm introductions to different offices and it can become a lot more streamlined after. That's so great. So what are some tips uh, for small businesses to increase their chances of winning their first government contract? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, it depends on what you're selling, but I think some, as a general rule, 
you find the opportunity early, right? So through something like a source of thought, like I mentioned, um, you are calling and talking with the office, right? You're creating that relationship and you're learning more about what the government is trying to do. Who's using your service or potentially using your service? What's the use case? That's going to give you a lot more information, a lot more advantage if it does come down to you writing a proposal and the government, um, you know, awarding. Because you can also win a sole source contract that way um, without going through that process. Um, so that is going to give you an advantage. Some other things that could give you an advantage is subcontracting is a great way to get past performance with the government. So if you do the work and find some of those opportunities early, like I was talking about, then you can go find, you can use usaspending.gov again. And find some other companies, you know, not huge companies, but companies that if it was say the VA, because you brought we brought up the VA earlier. Well, if I'm trying to sell construction services to the VA, then I may go out and, you know, look at look for another company that has done that and has past performance with the VA. And maybe there's something specific you do. Maybe you install Windows and you reach out to them like, look, I'm already in contact with the VA. We have this opportunity coming up. I'm a window guy, but they need foundations and all this other stuff. Maybe you guys can team up. And you know, if you approach a company that way, they're almost always going to be interested in working with you because you have that relationship. And as anyone that has been doing this for a while knows, that relationship is everything. Yeah, 100%. Well, so tell me a little bit about what your services do. I think you know, you've given us a good framework of mm-hmm. what it's like to be on your own. And it's like, okay, I'm excited about it. But then I'm like, oh, that sounds like a lot. So what is it that you and your team do? Sure. So right now we have two main thrusts, I guess you could say. One is a dodcontract.com, and that's our training and coaching platform, right? So that's where a lot of entrepreneurs, small business will come in, and we have weekly coaching and training that walk you through all of the steps and a lot of the strategies that we've mentioned here, and there's a lot more that goes into that. But it basically gives them the foundation of knowledge to start from the beginning and go through the entire process. And then, as we talked a little bit about we just launched GovClose, and that's uh, GovClose, G-O-V-C-L-O-S-E.com. And that's our new CRM and pipelining tool. And that is uh, married up to some of that training. So it's essentially pipeline the steps. And so you it's you know you can go right on, you can find your opportunity, and then you can just drop it in there and walk it through the steps and have all the training right there for you. So you're not guessing. And, you know, and then you also have all the ability that a normal CRM and pipeline tool would give you. So with email and, and marketing and all that stuff. So yeah, so that's that's really the two main thrusts. We do have some advanced services. So we work with clients one-on-one um, at a higher level, usually after you've won your first couple of contracts, and then we'll do different things for them. But I think for your listeners here, those are the two main things, dodcontract.com and govclose.com. Great. Awesome. Thanks, Ricky. So I, I meant to ask earlier, you kept saying small businesses, and I, I find it very interesting in, in uh, my world, that can mean a million different things. So from a government perspective, what does small business mean? That yes, I keep saying that's a great question. I feel like I need another response <laughs> when you're when you're asking me something. So the government does define the, the way small businesses are identified and they're actually going back to those uh, NAICS codes, those North American Industry Classification codes. The NAICS codes are going to be associated with one of two ways. So either you are going to be a small business if you have typically 500 people or less, you're a small business, or there are some NAICS codes that are associated with annual revenue. And typically, it depends on what you're selling, but it's usually somewhere between 10 and 30 million a year um, could potentially put you into the larger business category. But there are a lot of 
parameters around those numbers, right? So I would say most businesses are going to, even if they're a business bringing you know five ten million dollars in a year, they're probably still considered small by the government's standards, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. If I see if I go on to USAspending.gov and I see a company that's bringing in fifty to a hundred million dollars a year or more, I, I'm thinking that that's probably a larger business. Yeah, that makes sense. Do they uh, have any restrictions on? mini i'll call them mini businesses right where it's like maybe there's only f- five people or maybe you know that revenue is only um i don't know a couple hundred thousand no i mean you, you have to have a business a legal business and it has to be registered um in fact a lot of our clients only have four or five people and we have one uh, a woman-owned small business uh she is in it and cybersecurity, and they just won a 200 million dollar blanket purchase agreement with the government which, yeah. which means a few things. doesn't mean they gave her a check for $200 million, right. but um, it means that it could be worth that over the years as she's using that. So you can be a small business and have some very lucrative deals come in from the US government uh, and the federal agencies. Yeah, yeah. This has been very informative and educational for me, for sure, and I hope it is for the listeners as well. Uh, as we start to wrap up, is there any other tidbits or things that you think people should know about when they start thinking about going down this path for their business? You know, I think we covered the main points. So what I would say again, you know, you could check out the podcast and get, you know, find uh, either businesses on there that are kind of like yours if you're looking for something specific to your industry or, you know, we have some getting started ones on there. So you can listen for free and probably get a lot of information and save a lot of time, like scraping the internet and trying to find different things. So that would be my first uh, recommendation. Um, Go check out usaspending.gov. Try to get a sense of, you know, what the spending looks like. And then if you're serious about it or you really want to get started and you want a group of people to help, uh, dodcontract.com where we can uh, give you that training or potentially just jumping in with a pipeline tool and start building you know, your, your pipeline and finding opportunities and, and we'll walk you through the process. Well, that's great. Thank you again, Richard, for your time and for your service, uh, You know, being in the Air Force, supporting our country. Really appreciate all that you've done. And I hope that our listeners find that this was very helpful. I know I'm going to start digging into it and figuring out what might be good for my business. So appreciate the information and I hope you have a great day. Thanks. You too. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. Thank you.